Welcome to the Practical Employment Law Podcast, a podcast covering all aspects of American employment law. I'm your host, Mark Chumley. I've come to realize that the labor and employment law world is a trendy one. Maybe that explains my affinity to it, being a trendsetter myself. I'll give you some examples. A few years ago, the ban the box idea came to the surface of the labor and employment law world's collective consciousness. You may recall that this was a push to eliminate the question on job applications about whether the applicant has ever been convicted of a crime with a little yes or no box next to it, hence ban the box. The EEOC weighed in and the media weighed in, and eventually around 37 states and a lot more municipalities passed laws and regulations banning the box. If this is all news to you, you might want to check your company's applications for compliance. Another trendy issue was pay history. It seems like a lot of these ideas come from people staring at job applications. But this more recent pay history trend was aimed at banning requests for pay history on job applications. Same drill as ban the box. Lots of media and government attention, followed by the passage of laws. Twenty-some states and several municipalities now have some kind of ban on requesting salary history from applicants or a ban on refusing to hire applicants who won't disclose salary history. While the latest trendy area is still a work in progress, and it's the so-called pay transparency laws. These are laws that require employers to either disclose salary ranges for posted jobs to applicants who request the information, or in some cases to all applicants in the actual job posting. Not surprisingly, the usual suspects are leading the charge to pass these kind of laws. At present, there are around eight states and a handful of municipalities that have passed these laws, but a lot more have pending legislation, so I would expect to see more laws passed in the next couple of years. The states that have pay transparency laws are California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maryland, Nevada, New York, Rhode Island, and Washington. Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and South Carolina have pending legislation, and I should mention that the New York state law actually goes into effect later this year. Several municipalities also now have laws on the books, including Cincinnati and Toledo, Ohio, Jersey City, New Jersey, and a few municipalities in New York, including New York City. As is always the case, these laws present a problem for employers with operations in multiple states because the laws are not necessarily the same. Some of the laws require disclosures in the job postings, while others only require disclosures at certain points in the hiring process or if the applicant requests the information. By way of example, the Colorado law was the first of these, and it requires all employers in Colorado to disclose hourly or salary compensation or the range of hourly or salary compensation that the company would pay for the role in each posting for a job opening. By contrast, in Maryland, employers must provide the wage range for the position at the applicant's request, and employers are prohibited from refusing to interview or hire an applicant because they requested the wage range for the position. In Cincinnati, where I practice, employers with 15 or more employees must, upon request, provide the pay scale for the position to an applicant who has received a conditional offer of employment. Some of the laws also require a general description of benefits for the posted position along with the wage information. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. What if I don't comply? Well, most of the laws are enforced by state departments of labor, and most carry some level of civil pen penalties per violation. 
However, some also provide for a private right of action, meaning that applicants can file lawsuits against individual employers, and some of the private right of action laws provide for recovery of damages and attorney's fees. Another point to be aware of is that some of the laws have limited exclusions. For example, if an employer needs to maintain confidentiality to replace an existing employee. Also, the laws often differentiate between applicants and existing employees in terms of what needs to be disclosed and when. You should be aware that most of these laws apply to employers even when they use a third-party recruiting firm, so that will not necessarily avoid the law. Finally, some laws have safe harbor provisions that allow employers to correct their failures to comply within a certain period of time. So all of this points to a number of important compliance issues. First, there's the issue of record keeping. Obviously, employers who have otherwise been a bit cavalier with their records of pay scales will need to pay a bit more attention to that. Second, as I mentioned before, this is a real problem for businesses operating in multiple states. As with other multiple state compliance issues, the broad choice is using the most extreme version of the pay transparency laws as your baseline policy to comply with all of them, or adopting a state-by-state approach to the issue, which definitely increases your administrative issues. But there's another issue to consider with pay transparency laws, and that is the issue of remote workers. As we all know by now, the post-COVID world is much more friendly to remote work arrangements. If you spend even a few minutes on one of the major job posting sites, you can find all kinds of jobs that are completely remote, meaning you can do them from anywhere. These kinds of positions present a whole host of issues for employers, and you can add pay transparency laws to that list. The question is, if you post a remote job, do you need to comply with the pay transparency laws in light of the fact that someone from a jurisdiction with such a law may apply? I don't believe there's been any litigation over this issue yet, and there is an obvious legal question about whether and to what extent these laws are enforceable across state lines, but it is clear that many of these laws are considered to apply to remote work, at least by the enforcement agencies involved. By way of example, The Colorado Department of Labor has confirmed that their transparency law applies with a few narrow exceptions to all remote job openings so long as the employer has at least one worker in Colorado. Similarly, the Connecticut Department of Labor has stated that their law applies to employers within the state using the services of one or more employees for pay, even if such employees are located outside the physical confines of the state. The New York state law, which hasn't even gone into effect yet, was amended this month. The original language applied to jobs that can or will be performed, at least in part, in the state of New York. The March 2023 amendment modified the language to read that it applies to jobs that will be physically performed in the state, but the amendment also adds jobs that will be physically performed outside of New York but report to a supervisor, office, or other worksite in New York. At the end of the day, it's safe to assume that these laws will apply to remote positions that could be filled by applicants in covered jurisdictions. Employers have three basic options when it comes to posting for remote positions. First, as I mentioned, comply with all applicable laws by broadly listing pay information. This approach may not appeal to many employers who would prefer not to share that information at the posting phase of the hiring process. Option number two is to tailor state-specific postings, and there are really two basic ways to do this. First, specifically exclude states from the posting. 
This would be language in the posting indicating that applications from certain states will not be considered because the company is not recruiting in these states. And obviously the posting would be tailored to knock out all of the states that have these kinds of laws. The second approach uh, would be to list specific states from which applicants are being sought, something like language that indicates the opportunity for this remote job title is for people who are living in the following states, and then a list of states. Now, if you look at job posting sites, you see a lot of these kinds of notices. However, I have to offer a caveat. Colorado issued an interpretive notice and formal opinion on September 6, 2022, stating, quote, a remote job posting, even if it states that the employer will not accept Colorado applicants, remains covered by the Act's transparency requirements, end quote. And again, whether that is enforceable remains to be seen. The third option for compliance is to note the required salary range only for the jurisdictions where it is required. And this would be a notice that salary or pay range for the position is X to Y for residents of the following states or municipalities, and then a list. A slightly different approach is to invite applicants from a list of jurisdictions to reach out to a specific contact if they would like to receive pay information, although that, uh, that approach does not strictly comply with many of the transparency laws that require the information to be included in the posting. The bottom line here is there is not an easy answer, and employers need to take some time to review their compliance strategies for these transparency laws, particularly if they're posting for remote positions. This has been the Practical Employment Law Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please watch for future episodes wherever you get podcasts. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you would like to contact me about any aspect of the podcast, my email address is mchumley at kmklaw.com, and my full contact information is in the show notes. This podcast was created for general informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice or a solicitation to provide legal services. Although we attempt to ensure that the podcast is complete, accurate, and up-to-date, we assume no responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or timeliness. The information in this podcast is not intended to create, and listening to it does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. Listeners should not act upon this information without seeking professional legal counsel.